All right, one person's sock is another one's Muppet. So fuck it if what I picked isn't just what you wanted. This is near to my heart and dear, and I'm the one on the pulpit, so sit down and listen. This is Shut up, I love it. And uh, we just, I just wrote that, so I hope it did okay. <laughs> this is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a special guest to talk about something they love and the rest of the world doesn't understand or know much about. But also we have like a very, 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 very special co-host in the co-pilot seat. Who are you? Protector? Who am I? I am Protexter, I, or Adam Protexter, I go Protexter is what I, I take out the first name for music, but uh, hi, I'm so stoked to be the co-host this week. I am a rapper and a producer of uh, events and a host of things, including right now. So thanks for having me. Yes, amazing. And I'm Sasha Feiler, and guess who do we have in the hot seat? Joining us today, he is a writer, an actor, I don't know, is he an what? actor? <laughs> a comedian, but most importantly, he's my good friend and a co-host of Shut Up, I Love It. Welcome, Joe Cabello. I love it. What's up? I always love being in the hot seat, and what an incredible intro. It's actually going to put me to shame yes, that was with the my usual, point. yeah, my half-baked <laughs> intros. I'm going to have to go harder, This and this is what happens. It's a constant leveling up, and sometimes it takes a while. Like, we went a long time before I did my intros. Mm-hmm. They were a little rough at the beginning. I think it was a lot of just, like, me making sounds of wind and, like, cars <laughs> passing by and then <laughs> saying, shut up, I love it. And then it upgraded. I'm going to have to upgrade it again. So we're going Blastoise. And now you next. need to, like, back and forth every – you need to write a rap, and every episode you need to try and outwrap the previous you. Battle, battle your. I am. Self. That's gonna get hard. That's gonna get hard. But I'll do but, it. But Protector, can we use this rap and credit you like going forward? Yeah, I can record a cleaner version Fuck or just pl- right or just now. pluck it. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm so excited. But let's just get to business, Joe. Okay. What are you here to talk about? Oh man, something I. If given the chance, like if I was in a bar and someone said, hey, what do you want to tell me about? Like, this is what I would want to tell them about. And that is the best documentary that I've ever seen called Pulling John. It's a great name for a documentary. 2009? It is a documentary. A 2009 documentary. There is no HD version of this documentary. (laughs) Let's put it that way. That's... The line in the sand it, it draws. But this is about um, arm wrestling and specifically the journey of John Brzezink, the world's greatest arm wrestler who ever lived, um, and his him dealing with his uh, championship status and his uh, potentially waning glory mm-hmm. and following other arm wrestlers. I won't get too deep into it with this intro, but that's what it's about. It is about the kind of like i would say forgotten skill and competition of arm wrestling or wrist wrestling as they call it yeah wrist sports yeah wrist based i i did not know what this was based on the title pulling john uh i was actually delighted to learn it was an arm wrestling movie (laughs) the title's so good it's so good it pulls you in 
And, and to your point about the standard definition, I kind of felt bad for this movie because I don't know if I want to spoil how I felt about it, but I did feel um, a little bad that this movie uh, clearly was shot on video in the digital video era. And I'm sympathetic to that because then tech moves so quickly that you can't really up this. Like the animations and mm-hmm. the video are going to be DVD quality, but that didn't take away from how um, excited I was to watch it. Yeah, there is a clear, like, this gap where that was happening. And you see it in TV uh, and in movies, especially documentaries, that they look like utter shit now. Like, there's no... they re- You can release them on Blu-ray, and what's the point? Right. And this this falls in that era, unfortunately. It's and- so much of the documentary filmmaking of that time was like, you have access to these cheap little cameras, and for the first time... You have good. You have basically TV quality, but it's your hand. And you can get all these angles and man on the street stuff. I mean, I'm so sympathetic to everyone who picked up a camera and made something, only to have it look bad seven years later. Yeah. <laughs> Before we dive into pulling John, uh, is this uh, quality of this SD or whatever that is quality is what propelled you, Joe, into getting your face into HD for our recordings? no but it is oddly you know connecting right here with that and people can't see it unfortunately we don't do video yet question mark until until we get that money coming in so please send us money but uh no that did not i am in stunning hd right now Mm -hmm. you could see that i'm sweating a lot. You're glistening and, is what yeah. I'm Glistening and the yellow and, is the yellow wife beater is just uh, beautiful right there. Yeah. yeah. You look the in the not right well. place to talk about an arm wrestling documentary. <laughs> what, what is the, and mentally I am. What is the euphemism slash the new way to just to, to call a wife beater, right? Because that's we don't use that word. Uh, technically, this is a stringer tank. Okay, shut up, I love stringer tank. <laughs> I've never heard so that before. Str- stringer tanks are uh, thinner, and they kind of accentuate the upper body a little bit more. All right, I feel like this is time to ask you, Joe, even though it seems like it's so early. <laughs> What's the deal uh, with your upper body? I heard that you, the word on the street, a little bird told me here, came to Rhode Island and told me that you've been working the fuck out. You like crazy. I, okay. So, this is not connected to (laughs) why I love this documentary. Uh, Or I should say, it is not... I've loved this documentary, I think, since about 2012 or so, when I first watched it. Right in the middle of Obama era. Yeah, yeah. And just saying, when can we get this done? When can we get this (laughs) over with? But the... That has nothing to do with my love for it, but I wouldn't say they're not connected in some way. And uh, I'll touch a little bit on that. But this year I started working out. After getting married, Mm. I honestly wanted to get more healthy uh, for my wife. Not that she was asking for it, but uh, I was like, okay, this is a commitment. I need to be my best self for this commitment. And started working out, and I was doing calisthenics and just basic bless you stuff. <laughs> and uh, and then I was like, you know what? I'm kind of getting into this enough. I'll join the gym. That's when I started getting into lifting heavy. And you know, I don't think I'm actually that like big or fit, but I will say 
people who I haven't seen in a while, I'm getting comments. You know, can I see your saying, body? Like, can you zoom out and like lift your shirt? I, can. <laughs> I think you look you look bigger. Yeah, for sure. dude, your the neck delts, is like right? a fucking bull's neck. Mm-hmm. The delts Shit. are going hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in men's health, there's a Creed three workout. It's the workout that the uh, the now canceled uh, what's his name uh, Jonathan Majors All right, did, Kang. and. I went to the gym immediately started doing that workout which After I would he not got recommend. canceled is that was his canceling is what propelled you into taking over the Once work? he got canceled I added some things to my workout just some of the things he did to get canceled Oh wow no, I just That's Guys don't come after me but I uh, I started going and doing that going to the gym and really started getting into it and enjoying it um, in a way that I've never with never done before with physical fitness. I think I still have a lot to learn and a lot to do, but I have people who see me that haven't seen me in a while. They're saying like, "Geez, Joe, like, what's up? Like, Got what have you been doing?" APAC yet? No, uh, honestly, I have not been doing good leg or ab days until recently. So you just <laughs> it's been all upper body, uh, yeah. mostly the delts. Uh, to get, I want. I basically want to have no neck by the end of the year. Uh-huh. You're getting there, and Good that <laughs> exactly is the bridge that brings us back to pulling John because that those dudes they skip they skip leg days every day. Yeah, it's all mm. upper body, and I gotta wonder. You know the the dad of Travis in this movie, the the dad who's obsessed with arm wrestling, and uh, it's all about strength. Did you feel a connection with kind of his philosophy? Because uh, he says at some point during the movie that he finds it tragic how few people make it through their life realizing how strong their body can get. And he yeah. like, really encourages working out because the, he's like his religion. So did you? does that go through your mind when you're pumping iron? That quote, uh, ever since I first heard it, now over a decade ago, has always been the most intense quote where, yeah, he's like, I think it's a damn shame if a man goes his whole life and never realize how strong he can become. And I think there's something really amazing to that. And uh, another movie in line with this is Generation Iron. I think I've even talked about it on the podcast before about bodybuilders. You've shamed me with not seeing it or something. <laughs> there was something that had to do with some shaming. I think incident. I was on roid rage or something at the, at the time. <laughs> Uh, but that movie as well, it's just all about the the like the science, the beauty, and the art of building your body. And um, you know, I have not been physically fit for a long time. And even when I since really the eighties, yeah, yeah, eighty <laughs> seven. I was nothing when I was born. Just a big pussy, what a baby. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, In fact, when I was born. <laughs> It was only like six months before I was born. I pretty much had a pussy since all oh everybody's born with a vagina and then it grows into a penis if they're a male. That's true, right? Isn't that I how? Think, I think maybe not born, but yes, every fetus. Yeah, is... yeah, not born. Is, <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, uh, whatever right. yes, the term yes, is. Yes, we are all, we are all uh, biologically female before. Uh, yeah, I you're love it. Right. My brain is exploding and I should know about this and I don't. Yeah. I know all about it. I think about it all the time. So, okay. So, you're buff. You, here we are talking about buff dudes. 
what I guess like excited you about this movie when you saw it? Like, what was like? Is it like any sports documentary? Because any sports documentary no. can be very exciting. Can be. I'm not not a fan of sports documentaries. In fact, there's there's quite a few that I love, like uh, the um, docu series about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Of course, that's you know high up there. What I really love about this is it is a live action anime. <laughs> Please explain. These I mean, I are. Going, I think, but <laughs> these characters are larger than life. They uh, are so representative of their countries and or regions which is a very like anime type of thing they're all about the pursuit of greatness and honor in a lot of ways uh although even travis is a kind of the bad boy but there's a sense of like deep honor he has even though he is a little bit more of the the nastier one of it all um so that was really uh exciting about it and it's also, like arm wrestling is this thing that we think of in a really, uh, I don't know, simplistic way. It's something you do at the bar and it's like, okay, what guy's stronger? And this movie really keys you into some of the science and technique of it in a fun way. And even when you look at John, John Berzink is no doubt a strong looking and fit man, but he looks fairly small compared to everyone else in the movie and looks nothing but he beats them why even one of his opponents says the guy just knew something i didn't yeah he has that hook thing and it's almost like this imperceptible it's like reminds me of exactly it reminds me of like uh to your anime point uh different country but like kung fu movies where there's like a a five point you know it's like the kill of a five point Mm -hmm. palm exploding heart technique like there's some secret where he has his hand and it's like it it just weakens their arm in just the right moment that he can take advantage of yeah it's very anime because uh like hajime no ippo is a great boxing anime and in that everybody has their own their little technique and it's like you kind of almost think in boxing if you're um ignorant to it okay it's punching right but then once you get deeper into it you realize oh there's this guy who knows this style or this tactic and like you would kind of think well shouldn't you just know how to punch it's like no this guy knows how to punch in a way that you can't get past if you're a certain type and that's how uh a lot of animes work and that's how John Brzezink is. And you can even see it in some of his matches, just how he changes things up mid match just completely is like, it's almost judo mm-hmm. of the arm. And that to me was really interesting. And of course, just the stories of these three guys, I think it's an incredible, almost feels fake for how good the story yeah like uh and i haven't seen it in a while probably about seven years maybe six years is the last time i saw it i think i could be wrong about that but i i couldn't remember if john wins at the end or not um but my memory would have been that he was still the champion uh but i think it's much more satisfying what the truth is of this like arc of alexi that happens yeah, spoilers right and it. left but i i think even <laughs> post movie right like in recent years i've read on wikipedia that john brzink 
had won something. Like he's still winning. Like he's yeah. still out there in mm. his late fifties, winning things. He's not like world champion undisputed, but he's definitely not totally retired and is still yeah. Like you don't want to go up against him. And I think even when you watch that, if the, the match before his with Alexi's would have gone differently, yeah. he would have beat Alexi. Um, but he injured his arm. It was just a rough match. Yeah, he injured his arm. It, he said it felt like it was going to pop, which mm-hmm. uh, is an awful image. Can I, I want to say about your, um, you're talking about the anime. See, earlier we were talking about this as a sports documentary and like the Jordan and stuff. I saw this more like a Spellbound, like the Spelling Bee documentary from 2006, I think, or uh, King of Kong was the really big cop right. for me here. Um, because it's like something that these guys kind of do in small communities. It's not, it, it is globally represented, but not on the level of basketball or fo- uh, you know, football, soccer. But it felt like these personalities, and to your point about anime and these archetypes, I was thinking, man, it's crazy how big of a personality Alexi and Travis both have and how, like, almost stereotypical they both are. Um, Like this, you know, huge muscle guy who's, like, on jet skis and, like, has this long Fabio hair. uh, And then Travis (laughs) being kind of, like, the strong backyard wrestler dude. But it's interesting the movie focuses on them because John himself is almost, like, he kind of reminded me. I was thinking of Harry Potter and Luke Skywalker and, like, this kind of boring generic but like charming and powerful main character handsome and handsome in the generic way yeah exactly and mm-hmm. like the people around him are the big like what really he's defined almost in relation to them like he comes across very reasonable and normal i did i didn't feel like i learned a whole lot about john at the end of this movie i felt like i learned way more about travis and uh alexi yeah, it, it's true. He is so, and it's so perfect that he's the greatest because of that. Like, it is that anime. That's another reason why it feels so anime. Sometimes the main character can be kind of a blank slate-ish character. Not, not, not necessarily. I don't think that's a universal anime trope necessarily, but that can often be the case um, where they are kind of simplistic, one mind focused. Even Goku is a bit like that yeah. like goku has some some fun quirks and whatnot from dragon ball and dragon ball z if people don't uh, know goku but um he's kind of a hard character if you were to like i do an exercise when i'm uh, creating characters for writing i'll be like what would they do in a funeral what would they do at a wedding and what would they do on their first day at a job like things like that and John, you're like, I don't know. I kind of know how Travis would act. I know how Alexi would act. I don't know John. And, like, I think Goku is a little bit like that, too. Other than, you know, of course, fighting somebody. Right? Oh, he would find the strongest guy and fight him. Right. John would find the strongest guy and arm wrestle him. But that's kind of it. So, yeah, I think he's such so interesting in how small of a character he is. The way they're portrayed, all these, uh, this, this trio portrayed in the documentary, they almost like remind me of um, uh, the improv, uh, like three archetypes, like the pirate, which is Travis, the robot uh, is the Russian guy. And like, he's like, you know, like, especially when he, when he does the thing, like he kind of shuts down and you can't read him and he just moves like quickly like like a like a machine and then the the most powerful one is the ninja you know it's like the one that you don't even know what the fuck they're doing 
but you just see like the effect that they leave behind but they're like stealthy you know movements and all that stuff so that is interesting yeah you're right although there's like a lot more to the russian guy that i feel like uh i you know i read about him and then turns out outside of the movie like he's now works in you know he's like a like a, a lawmaker like he's he's a in russian uh duma duma which is like the the congress whatever and he's definitely like putin's boy and he's always been and he was like t- many times like got in trouble trouble for doping and all that stuff but uh uh like what this movie presents is like a very contained uh archetype like that's like just you know tight and works with how his image was presented to Russians and to the rest of the world. I think, and the movie does um, kind of touch on that with how it introduces him. And in in Russia, arm wrestling is subsidized by the government, which has a great juxtaposition to introducing Travis, where it's like, and in America, it is not. And you just see the fucking porous dude. Um, <laughs> Huge so I motherfucker. Think, you get no surprise that, of course, and especially at the ending reveal when you find out he was recruited to the Luge team um, for Russia, it's like, yeah, that's the guy they bring into politics. It's like, this is the company yeah. man. He fights for the country. Yeah. He, it, it, I couldn't stop thinking about Rocky IV while watching this. Oh, because It's all uh, over it, yeah. Right? Because it ends this, like, especially when I'm watching Alexi Train, it's just like Drago with the... Um, like the machines hooked up to him. You, you said robot reminded me. And it's so unsurprising that he kind of just became this man of the state. Um, and, you know, funnily enough, talking about his uh, bobsled and stuff, he had his medals stripped from the Olympic Committee for doping um, and then went into politics. But it really felt like this movie could have been produced by the Russian state government, and I would have believed yeah. it because it felt like the inverse of Rocky. Because uh, not to, this is absolutely, the spoiler, but like the spoiler, you were saying you don't remember who wins in the end. Alexi does, and it almost it but might as well end on a freeze frame of Alexi with his arms up, Rocky style. Like it, it felt like mm. Rocky four, but Ivan wins. Yeah, it's and, an expected twist. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I actually loved watching this movie. I had my heart pumping the whole time. I was actually a little disappointing to learn about Alexi's uh, far-right politics. Because oh, I yeah. was like, I like this guy. but Same. Yeah. Yeah, and the movie does portray him well, you know, which, of course, people have many facets, right? Like their politics versus their uh, on-your-face kindness type of thing. But, yeah. you know, his sense of honor is is shown well throughout it. He conducts himself well versus a Travis who I don't think, you know, even when Travis is acting out and being the villain, it, you can see where it comes from. It yeah. is not from evil place. It is from that. Bravado. I prove myself. Yeah. It's a bravado from, I need to prove who I am to my father. Cause you get a sense by the end of it that his father, Travis's father, is r- incredibly proud of him and thinks the world of him. But there is a heartbreaking part where his father's roasting him, like in the first third of the film. Yep. That it's hurting Travis. Like it is, it is getting him. And it is that, that thing that can happen with fathers where. You know, they don't realize they are hurting you when really they love you with all their heart, but they're for some reason digging a knife into you. <laughs> and you're like, why? 
there's so much about masculinity going on in this movie. And earlier, it's funny because it, I think of arm wrestling. You think, oh, I think it's maybe you know just an American stereotype. But it's like sports. Like you don't really think about it as emotional for like these guys who are like pumping iron and arm wrestling. But you can see that insecurity and pain behind Travis's eyes, and it's awful to watch his dad like dig into him because you get the sense he's dedicated his whole life to pleasing his dad. Yeah, um, and now he has because I looked at his Instagram, Travis, and then he has a kid who's like really talented, like the the, the young kid that's in the movie. He's now a teenager and he's like really, like I think it's a football player, like but he's like really good and uh, he's baby Gronk, baby Gronk. Just that's kidding. right. And uh, but I, there's definitely there's definitely like going you know like overcompensating but like the the strong father presence i feel like it is in this kid's life now as a result of the generational uh tradition but i have to say travis is my favorite out of the three like, i loved travis mm-hmm. yeah he's not a villain you know and i think that's the he's kind of the foil of it all you're rooting for him though he's the vegeta if we're gonna go back to <laughs> dragon ball in in a lot of ways he he has the talent, works hard, but just can't seem to really break through and win. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's really great. Comes off well, despite how kind of loud, nasty, and loud he is. Mm-hmm. You root for him. You it root for everybody. Well. Mm-hmm. It does. And Sasha, I'm curious because I loved Travis, but I'm curious where you. I loved him, but I also thought that it was like weirdly good for him that he lost to Alexi. Uh, I'm not sure what you're like when he lost, I was actually happy. Alexi won. I thought this will actually make Travis maybe a better person through this loss. Mm. Cause it felt like he needed to be humbled in that moment. Really? I guess the only time that I felt that was when, uh, Alexei was like, I, I am. And like, I was listening to him speaking Russian and saying, basically like, he's like, I, I just, just not happy that he's saying things about me that make me like change like the respect like alter like the respect I have for him and and it was actually like a soft reaction from Alexei like very polite reaction to the fact that like he felt disrespected and at that point I was like okay like Alexei is taking really well how that guy is being I guess kind of a dick and so at that moment, I guess I was on Alexei's side. But other than that, I feel like I wanted Travis to win everybody. He was sure. just like my favorite. I, there was something was sincere about him. And like I was really surprised about the balance of him being like annoying jock, but at the same time being endearing. I only know one person in my life. Shout out dog, uh, Doug. Doug from, uh, uh, shut up, uh, uh, shut up, from uh, direct-to-video from my improv team, who has the same vibe, like my good friend Doug, where he's a total jock and we love him to death. And so that rare, like, uh, <laughs> personality is what really appealed to me. Yeah, he's abrasive, but he's sweet. You could tell. Like, yeah. you could tell he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, he's just super abrasive and competitive and chasing a shadow. Yeah, and Alexei, I just feel like I know this kind of guy just because I grew up in Russia, uh, and uh, he felt a little sleazy to me. There was like a sleazy thing that was going on that I feel like maybe didn't translate into English that I picked up on, um, but I did respect his like switch 
into well first of all he's just extremely powerful and the thing he did with holding with two arms onto a pole like just he just holds oh into God, a pole yeah. and then like oh, he goes yeah. 90 degrees like horizontally hangs floats in the air i've never seen that like before anybody what the fuck is that? I've never seen that in like IRL. So I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. So I definitely respected his technique, but I also was like, dude, like you have the physique that you also work on and probably a lot of doping going on, but like you still have the gift of being that guy who probably has what it takes to win, but also has more or less a zen demeanor or at least zen is what he's working towards so like i respected the fact that he comes from russia mm-hmm. but he has this like he's trying to be centered and calm and that like it translates on the table as they say i like that i i feel like i totally saw that the sleaziness i gotta agree with you a little bit um because i didn't it's always this thing where i look at someone in this context and i'm like they're all honorable like honorable warriors you know and in the context of this sport, I respect them. But there was a moment early on where Alexi was complaining that uh, women wanted money and not uh, big men. And I was like, I mm. shouldn't say this, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear that he had been like sleazy with some with women. And there's this weird thing was like within the context of their world versus, yeah, but then what happens when they encounter people outside of that world or, you know, uh, in the dating world or women? And Alexi gave me a little bit of a red flag vibe. I'm not sure if that's fair to say, but it was there. But although it is true, I've seen some uh, uh, social media videos where they have like men rank their attractiveness and then women do it. And they'll have it's basically based off their physique and all the guys choose the biggest ripped Alexi type guy as being the number one. Uh (laughs) And then the girls always choose him as last and then like the more average but fit guy is like number one. Oh yeah too ripped is it's 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 a turn off for most women i feel like yeah i think there's a lot of like mental blockers to that of like assumptions to it and i'm sure also attractiveness you know it's just like too much of a cartoon <laughs> to maybe be attracted to um but overall i kind of feel like this movie is a positive masculinity throughout mm-hmm. yeah i would agree i was surprised by how sensitive um they all seemed Uh, Yeah, they're talking about their feelings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have heard the sentiment, you know, because toxic masculinity has kind of become a buzzword in the last five, six years. Um, And now I see a lot of people attribute just masculinity as toxic masculinity. Like there is no such thing as masculinity, just toxic masculinity, which I think is just so incorrect to to think like hey if you are fit or do sports or lift or you know camp whatever it is that that is toxic and i think this is one of those examples and even vin diesel and and as dominic toretto i think is an excellent example of positive masculinity so i would urge people to see this although of course as we know who knows what these people's real lives are. They might could be monsters and whatnot. And that's the hard part about attributing something like a positive masculinity to people you don't really know. But I think the movie's portrayal of this really hyper-masculine thing is positive. I, I totally agree. I thought that it was actually really um, 
breath of fresh air look um, because they were, like you said, talking about their feelings, sensitive. Um, and, and you know what? It's kind of a recent development where we feel the need to attribute someone's personal life to what's presented. So I'm comfortable saying what's presented here is positive masculinity. We don't right. need to table. We don't need to go docs and figure out what all these guys have been up to. Um, in the movie, I would say, I, I totally agree. And I've never been really jockey, but I, ha- I do enjoy sports and I do enjoy feeling masculine in that way. And um, baby in bathwater, you know, it's it's. It's ironic because it's still the patriarchy that is saying throw it all out because the patriarchy is what convinces us that there's only one way to be a man. And that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if, yeah, given that question to these men, what they would say. um, All right. I have a question for you all. All right. Mary. What is it? Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck and kill. Uh, protects her. You go first. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I gotta marry John. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, he seems like a safe bet. Um, Travis is probably, you know? What? Travis is a monster. We're gonna fuck Travis. Uh, and I'm sorry, Alexi. I don't want to kill you, but it's, you know, oh, you're, you're left over here. Damn. Let's see. I, I guess, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I would marry Travis. I would yeah. marry Travis. I would, uh, I guess, uh, I guess I would, I would have to fuck uh, uh, the uh, Bresnik and then, yeah, still have to kill the Putin's boy. Yeah. No, Alexi. Cabello. <laughs> Cabello. What about you, most importantly? It, it's super tough because you I could see all. an argument. <laughs> yeah. I could see an argument to marrying or fucking all of them uh, <laughs> to some degree, but... All right, if I had to choose, I'm going to say, um, yeah, fuck Alexi. Whoa. Okay. Marry, uh, I think, Travis and kill I'm, John. Yeah. And Ooh. that's it's not an easy choice. I think we just don't see enough of John, right, to make the decision one way or another for to do anything with him. So for you, the hard choice is who do you kill? To me, is who do I fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I'd fuck them all. I mean... Oh, okay. For me, it's just like, well, who else is left? Like, I'm, I guess I have to fuck yeah, them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, Protexter? I think Joe convinced me. I think I think I'm, I have Joe's ranking now. Because uh, you both wanting to marry Travis got me thinking, yeah, I think he, you know, he's probably a really good uh, father. He probably really looks out. He's got a big heart. He can be obnoxious, but... It's fine. He's not a not a bad dude, and uh, yeah, Alexi. You know that's just an experience. That's just an interesting <laughs> yeah. life experience. Exactly. Have, yeah. As Amy Schumer put it in that John Cena scene from her movie, uh, "To fuck a mountain," and uh, and then John. I'm sorry. Yeah, John's nice, but you know, he's such a cipher. I can't get attached to him. Okay. I'm yeah. Convinced. Right, right. He's just like a legendary, mythical figure that, like, even you kill him, like, is he really dead? Yeah, he's the Buddha. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a motivational poster as a human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You- walked off the wall. <laughs> the weird science. Yeah, has nothing to talk about other than his legacy and arm wrestling. And you're like, all right, well, cool, it's- John. But he takes really- his airplanes. He fixes airplanes, True. and what's really makes you also respect these dudes is that there's not a lot of money in this at all in this sport. So they're really doing it for the love of it. Yeah. 
like he made only eighty thousand dollars in his career like the best of the best john did <laughs> like uh you know before i even knew the documentary existed there obviously over the top is the famous sylvester stallone mm-hmm. movie where john has a, a, an uncredited ca- cameo right um but I remember watching Over the Top with my friends, uh, former guests on Shut Up, I Love It, Chad included, uh, guests in my house, my friends. And then we were talking Over the Top, and then I remember being like, this movie makes you feel like the world like is obsessed with arm wrestling. Mm-hmm. and But it's like the world... It's like the world of the movie, right? It's all made up, and nobody gave a shit even then, I think, about arm wrestling. And I think it, it uh, Pulling John talks about how that movie made people kind of excited for, for a hot second about arm wrestling, and then that fizzled out. So, but I think it's interesting how, like, yeah, Over the Top made me think that, oh, I guess that's not a thing in the real world. But this documentary makes me think that it's sad that it's not a real, like it's not a big thing in the world. But right. at least they yeah. have each other because there's so many small little, you know, artistic communities and sports communities. And I mean, yeah. it, it is, I agree with you, it's sad. And I wish these guys who dedicated their lives to this would comp- be compensated for it. But Well, we all did improv. We can't really say. <laughs> much <laughs> so yeah i guess that. we are the kind of people that are automatically attracted to this community yeah that's yeah. the thing you can kind of see why they do it um i want to shout out two moments if not more uh one is the first shot of alexi the how you're introduced to him where he's arm wrestling three guys at once throughout yeah (laughs) yeah i mean he does it several times but if that does not like sell you on the movie immediately like within the first 10 minutes that's happening where it's like hey we meet one guy or kind of get the setup and then here's another guy and he's arm wrestling three men and almost like orgasmically enjoying the pump Mm -hmm. of it all Mm mm-hmm that I think I fell in love with the movie immediately upon seeing that. You know, it was like antennas up. Okay, I'm fucking keyed in. And one of the guys is using his legs against the table. It's not even just mm-hmm. arm strength. It's like thigh strength. Yeah, it's they're they're pulling from like three different ridiculous. angles. Yeah, that every muscle is having to work for him. Uh, that was incredible. I also really love the scene between John and his friend, the cowboy. Oh yeah. Uh, where they're just like they're not even arm wrestling like how they just grab hands and they're stretching back and forth (laughs) and it's like such this back to like the positive masculinity it's like these guys really just enjoying a moment of the sport together and like just gripping up is means something to them that I love that little thing. And of course they're talking so much about their legacy and, and quitting and whatnot, which just feels like such a heavy conversation and concept to think about. A lot of us will never achieve the greatness to even have to worry about when to step away from something. And these guys are wrestling with it. And I know legacy in general is one of the themes that you, that appeals to you, Joe. Like it's like a thing like we all have things that we w- look out for in the movies that like we're oh it's my thing that I care about 
And so I can see how this documentary speaks to you because legacy in general is a topic of interest to you. I've never thought about that, but I'm sure it is. I'm sure you see me more clearly than myself. So oh, everybody, I see everybody. No. <laughs> um, amazing. Well, is there anything else to talk about before we go and do the ratings? Joe, uh, what do there's you think? so much more to talk about. Let me look at my notes here. Um, right. Okay, the Japanese guy that Yoshi. He defeats in the the, the exhibition. Everything he says about John, oh my god. Like, I want to make a poster that is just the text that he says, John Brzezink is the only guy for me, is one thing that he says. And, oh man, he just loves and looks up to this guy so hard. And I love that, too, mm-hmm. of just seeing, like, how much people love and appreciate this guy's accomplishments. And they do sound almost unreal, right it's how many years was it that he never lost oh yeah while like, actively competing like 15 or something if yeah it was at least in the double digits like it just it almost sounds fake right you're like okay you know he had to have lost some time right and it's like no everybody's like yeah this guy every <laughs> every tournament we were like fuck we're losing this one because john's here uh, so yeah, that whole sequence with the Japanese guy gushing over John gushing, and seeing how much people love him in that country and everywhere was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And another example of positive masculinity of these guys, like even in his friend, like they're physically touching each other. They're bonding. They love each mm-hmm. other. They're expressing love physically and l- with their words and they're not afraid to. And I feel like that cuts through so much. Like you can see the, the brotherhood and the kinship that they have for real like it's genuine i also enjoyed the moment uh after they like after the match is over and by the way the sports is very annoying it's very annoying in the sense that it goes so quickly usually like yeah. you don't yeah. like you have to be like i want to see this again like how did this go wait what um and so this moment after one of them loses and how they have to immediately go like hug each other like there's like a hug that's like they the very specific hug like when they reach over the table and they like touch cheek to cheek kind of like and mm-hmm. hug each other with this big arm and like one of them is like devastated another one is happy and it's very interesting always to see this moment of like the sport immediately like as one of them lost like but the sport bring them brings them together for this like one moment again yeah, they're still brothers with like one versus one sports like i watch a lot of mma and you'll see that happen guys just completely before the match talking shit or talking i'm gonna kill this guy looking at the guy like he's a piece of meat then the match ends and they hug and you can see a very real shift happen between them and uh, I've seen that a lot, but that's taken over uh, oftentimes the course of 15 or 25 minutes. But then this, like you were saying, it happens so quick. I think there's even, uh, it might have been Travis arm wrestling someone where it was really heated, really kind of, they, they weren't getting along. Uh, and they're kind of fighting. Yeah, I think it was one of the guys the who was like, don't pull yeah. my hand, yeah. don't pull my hand. And there's a lot of anger you could you could tell, but once it's over, 
the guy kisses him mm-hmm. on the cheek like it's like immediately everything flushes away and it's like okay uh it's it's like sex it's like sexual tension and there's all this passion mm-hmm. and there's all this oh i want i'm gonna get you and then it happens and then the moment's over and then there's this tenderness of like okay we but we can't we got through the tension and now we're real people again because we were building and building and building to this moment and yeah. you know like yeah uh, I, there's a bonding there there's like it's and i don't say sex to like say these you know like i'm not even trying to like put a queer reading on the movie i'm just right. saying like i think the same principle is there between that you know fighting and, and sexual intimacy right and uh, there's actually a moment where well there's one match i feel like between Alexei and Travis like earlier on where Alexei lose like in the middle of the movie I guess where Alexei loses to Travis and Alexei like says that like in Russian I hear him say that he's like I lost I'm I'm not saying he won uh unfairly like I fucking lost like the guy who wins wins fair fair and square like I I lost it's my you know my bad but actually that match looked like there's some like slip actually and it's not you know alexei's fault but it did look even to me that it was like oh shit like the grip wasn't good you know but he doesn't even talk about that he like the honor is like the honorable way it's like you have to just give it to the guy like if the fucking guy wins you just give it to him which is what he does yeah yeah and you knowing what he was saying uh, aside from the subtitles might change this, but I kind of read it, him talking about that as this guy didn't beat me. I did not perform the way I should have. Oh, for sure. There's, if, if he wasn't even explicitly talking about it, then 100% he was thinking that for sure. Yeah, but he yeah. wasn't like, he wasn't saying, oh, I wasn't in a good form and the guy just like took advantage of, you know what I mean? He didn't say any of that. Mm-hmm. My controller didn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ratings it is. Let's see how Adam Protector explains the ratings. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, uh, I just want to say my spoiler before ratings is that I loved this movie. I'm so happy to have seen it. Um, <laughs> hey. Hell yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? But okay. Like, Hell why would you yeah. say that? <laughs> well, we love to hear it. <laughs> um, okay. So here's the rating system as I understand it. We're gonna have you rate. <laughs> gonna have you rate this movie as one thing out of another thing that you like. So it could be that you like donuts and you want to give this seven cream-filled donuts out of ten donuts. Does that kind of make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, enough. Yeah, I never I understand I, the rating system. It though. makes as much sense as <laughs> the first donut uh, explanation. So I'll take it. Okay, good. Like, um, okay. Uh, let me just chime in for a second. So basically, you create your own scale where you rate the thing against something else. Yeah, and then uh, by you as the basis of the scale. Yeah, as right. you qualifying the basis is going to give us the idea of where uh, this movie or any this topic for you uh, is in comparison. So um, I guess I'll go first. I will compare this movie to. My other, one of my favorite sports documentaries of all time, Senna, uh, 2010. Uh, what a fucking crazy movie. Uh, 
so much pathos in that movie and it's just like insane story with no narrator told like in a very unusual way and it really feels like you're watching like a hollywood movie like a blockbuster instead of a documentary because even though it's all like found footage or like footage that pulled from uh, the news and whatnot no retrospective interviews that movie has such strong thematic and you know like there's like the themes are just explored of uh you know this deadly sport of formula one and uh what happens uh when the corporations don't take care of their athletes and all that stuff that movie is a 10 for me this documentary you know coming into this podcast (coughs) i felt like thematically there wasn't anything in it i felt like it was just a really fun ride i remember like throwing away garbage and still like a few days ago and still like what like still carrying the computer because I wanted to know what happens next like I was so excited like, I still have to throw away garbage because my daughter is taking a nap but I have to watch this movie it's that good but it felt like there's no depth to it but you changed my mind I do agree that positive masculinity is the theme of this movie I'll give it a 9.5 wow protector what about you um okay so when you were talking about them hugging and one guy losing and one guy winning I was imagining the um, comedy and drama Greek theater faces, and then I was realizing that they also invented Olympics. So uh, I'm going to say the Greek Colosseum gets a 10 out of 10 for cultural significance, and I'm going to give this movie uh, a... I loved it, but I'm going to give this movie a 7 out of 10 if it's comparing to... Um, the cultural significance, the cultural significance <laughs> of ancient Greece. Right. I suppose so. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cabello. All right. You know, I just to plug another movie further, I'm going to rate it against Generation Iron, which has had six or seven sequels with <laughs> diminishing returns since, uh, but they're all interesting. Uh, Generation Iron is about bodybuilders. Um, it follows a couple of different bodybuilders. I think it's a great, if you don't understand bodybuilding or why someone would do that or have some preconceived notions about bodybuilders, I think it's a great documentary to kind of learn and get gain an appreciation for it. Um, really, a really good documentary, I'd say 8 out of 10 on that one. But Pulling John is just, I know it's good. You know, like it's I your, know it's it your documentary. It's your. It's for you. It's for it's for everyone. I truly believe that. I brought some topics on here, like Tetsuo. I really love Tetsuo. I don't expect everyone to love it or think it's good. Um, I do think it's great, but you know, this is a movie I feel like I could show anyone, and they will get it. And. They don't have to be into this sort of thing. It draws you in. It's an incredible story. It's a 10 out of 10. 10 fingers wrapped around each other out of 10. It's just an incredible movie as you guys have seen watching it. But isn't it crazy also how the referees set up those fingers? Like they take those little fingers and they're like, like they spend like a good amount of time just like millimeter by millimeter and be like, you gotta be here. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking crazy. And all those guys' fingers are bigger than my cock. Like those guys' pinky (laughs) fingers are bigger than my cock. Yeah, I mean, that's, (laughs) that's, that goes for everybody. So. Uh, Jack Skellington I mean. <laughs> is more hung on his fingers than I am. 
Dude, this movie was fun. Um, thank you for bringing it on. Thank you for being in the hot seat. Protector, what a pleasure to have you back in the amazing work. Yeah, amazing oh, work on co-pilot seat. What's going on with you, first of all, Protector? What's 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 the deal? Where is all this music sat? Where can yeah, we find where, it? When are we? When is this episode dropping? Because then I can frame. I think it's dropping soon, baby. Like okay, this week. All right, dope. Well then, hey, listeners, check it out. I got an LP. That's an album, a full-length album. It's coming out on June twenty-sixth. I have not released a full album since 2017 when I was living in Austin. Been through a lot of writer's block and moved across the country and life yeah. and obviously COVID. And I'm really proud of this record. Um, it's called Gonzo Recites Poetry While Diffusing a Bomb. And yeah. it's dropping on the 26th. You can also uh, find yeah. me on TikTok at Protexter yeah. Party. And I think it was the it was December uh, slash January that you were last on the show for our um, White Elephant yes the series, which was really great. And you were teasing the new music coming out, and a lot of singles. I guess who would you call those singles? Yeah, yeah, and have come out since. Incredible stuff. Incredible you can stuff. Find it on Spotify. Thank you. Thank you. Really means Joe, a lot what, that y'all listen to it. Yeah, Joe. What's what's going on with you? You know, just go to jocabeo.com, follow me on my socials. I've been working on an animated project that had a little bit of a, a delay um, with some of the... Just like your orgasms. <laughs> yes, they come usually a couple days later at the worst times. And uh, it's had that delay, but we're back on track. We are. It's going to be really funny. So just Can't follow wait. me. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you, Elizabeth Salud, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. Although, I don't know, there's another Mr. Owl called Protector in the house. And thank you for listening.